Hey everyone. Hello friends. It is Will. And Mackenzie. And you are listening to... My Dish Dish, where Mm. Will and I dish about dishes on dishes. Yes, and so this is our fourth episode. This is our fourth episode. Uh, Cheers, Mackenzie. Cheers to that, Mr. William. Yes, All right. clink, clink. So, all right. Welcome to the fourth episode of My Dish Dish, and tonight... And thank you if you've listened to all three three before this one. Yes, you guys, gold star, gold star. We imagine it's our mothers and... Probably that's it. Maybe like one random. Maybe person my in dog. China Maybe my dog Russia. that I play yeah. to it, <laughs> so it gets another listen. Yes. Um, so tonight we had uh, we went down to the Mexican border and enjoyed uh, frying up a new kitchen sink recipe. And so tonight we had tequila tofu tacos. Yes, that is the dish. That is the dish. That we ate from the dish dish dish. Yes. Um, and it was accompanied by... We did the yeah, the green tequila... I'm sorry. We tequila did tequila tof- tacos yes. with this delightful green tequila fizz drink that Will whipped up um, in these lovely big goblets, which are more dangerous than they are anything else. Um, so we, that's how we started off our little... Endeavor with some Luna Azul tequila that I think Will got back, brought back from San Diego. And um, so mixing, so that's frozen, mixing that with San Pellegrino, the limonata kind, also chilled. It really adds a nice lemon flavor and a little bit of sweet without overpoweringly sugar. That and then a whole bunch of fresh lime over ice. And that has been sustaining us for the last, you know, for the bulk of the evening. Yes. Um, and it's really light and it's really Very light, refreshing. crisp, and refreshing. I mean, yes. it, it it doesn't take away from your experience. <laughs> so, and our well, it's uh, about the his tequila wall, but yeah, yes. <laughs> but our te- and then um, I decided I was going to make we. I, I texted Mackenzie earlier, and I just said I've got these things. I think I said I have tofu, spinach, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, and. I said, any ideas? And she said, tacos. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect. So uh, came over and created this recipe. So these are tequila tofu tacos. And I started off with Spanish olive oil mm-hmm. um, on medium heat and dicing up the uh, – actually, I took the tofu, patted it dry with paper towels just to just remove some of the moisture, which is very important when you're cooking with tofu. And tofu is scary. So it we'll, is. we'll make it look real easy. And so um, – Diced them up into probably like pretty small cubes of. It was really easy to dice up, you know. It's but it's also a firmer tofu. It is not the silk or unfirm tofu that it that goes so into it's the firm extra firm extra firm extra firm. Extra firm. <laughs> How firm? Extra. Extra firm. <laughs> and so let that uh, cook for a little bit through an onions, and then I just diced up cauliflower, uh, diced up um, Brussels sprouts, mushrooms. And then threw in fresh spinach at the end and just kind of stirred around with some nice seasonings. Honestly, what you can do, you can add in Cajun. You can add in any type of Spanish seasonings, Mexican seasonings, anything that you want on your tacos. And then Mackenzie was great to have these great corn tortilla tacos and this amazing guacamole she made from scratch. <laughs> and um, Which is not true. I, that was my initial plan, except that the Kroger was completely out of cilantro. So I just bought it. Bought the guacamole from the, from the produce section, and it was amazing. Well, it was damn delicious. <laughs> it was amazing. 
<laughs> so that's what we that was the, the dish that we made that was our dish <laughs> keeping it light and also as i said we'll just got back from san diego so it's sort of a little tropical california feel homage um, to yeah the, yes homage yeah, tijuana. To, to tijuana um so tonight is Mackenzie's night. Yeah, we've done the first two or the second two episodes were centered around um, the dishes that Will has in his his possession, and tonight we're going to talk about mine. Um, we so the my hmm, the way I framed out my story is a little different, right? And we're going to talk about two pieces, which is really fascinating because usually we focus on one dish. You know, you know when you go to people and say what's your pattern, they know. But Mackenzie is special because she actually has two separate dishes, completely different dishes. So tonight we are going to do our you know an A B A B. So our do our thirty second description and our dish history of one, as well as the 30-second description and the disc history of the other. So... Yes. And this comes out of... These are the dishes that I was, was sent. They came together. Um, it was only a few tiny little pieces of each, but the them next to each other really tells an interesting story about sort of the, the highbrow, lowbrow uh, around China and around sets of China. And so we're going to talk through that a little bit. Um, and so we're going to start so out perfect. with... So yeah. Mackenzie, which one do you want to describe? We're going to... We'll start out with the mass market grocery store China. All right. Um, so... Like we do, folks. Yes. Which doesn't really have a name, but it looks a lot like a trellis pattern. Um, Uh, Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me get my um, counter. You know, don't cheat. Don't cheat. (laughs) So, so again, folks, we do 30 seconds. um, And all we do is I want Mackenzie to describe the dish to you. Okay. And again, you can go to mydishdish.com and see all this. See all this. But ready? And three, two, one, go. So I have a cup and saucer, and it is this very earthy-looking um, uh, clay. And on it is it's sort of a clover field. So it's multicolored green clovers, and then in it, it's the pink little clover flower. And that's on the cup, and then on the saucer, uh, they're in the middle of the the dish, and it's a little bit scalloped around the edges. Um, it's a l- more concentrated on the cup, and then it's a little more spread out on the little dish. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. So what I have just described is one of the mass-produced dishes that were given out sort of dinnerware that was handed. Hmm, so, in the in. The early 20th century in America, from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, there were several different marketing promotions in grocery stores or with certain products where they actually gave away dishes to to moms who came in to shop. And some, some of them were... were put in the packaging so if you would buy a box of oatmeal at the bottom of the box there would be literally a dish or a cup and so you would buy 15 boxes so that you could get the whole set of dishes um it's kind of like remember when we would go to mcdonald's and get that whole set (laughs) of glassware like in the late 80s so think like that but 1920s 30s and 40s well it was so it was it ran from the from probably the 30s to the 
mid-60s. Gotcha. Um, and different pieces, different companies pulled different things out at different times. Um, cereal was a big one. Also, uh, soap was, was an interesting one. So think of anything where you could sort of put the dish inside of the box. And what I have in my hand is something from the 50s. It looks like it doesn't have a name on it. It doesn't have a stamp on it, which is not atypical. Um, it looks like the, the trellis pattern that the Quaker Oats Company put in their boxes in the 20s and 30s, although I know that this isn't from the 20s and 30s. But of all of the mass-produced grocery store China, that's the one that looks, that sort of it looks the most like. And that is so fascinating that yeah. companies, that was marketing. Like, it was totally They're like, marketing. buy our stuff and you get a dish. You know what was even more fascinating? Is that people did it. Yeah. And but why did they do it? Well, for a couple of reasons. One was this newfound status and wealth in in the U.S. in in the 1950s. That's fascinating. So yeah, and so you know this this family China that people talk about their their patterns that they've had for generations was was very isolated or focused on the the upper class. And so after World War II, and people are coming back to to the U.S. and buying up suburban homes and they're they're living this the growth of this middle class lifestyle and they don't have dishes because their parents didn't have them they weren't right. they weren't from wealthy families and so so there's no none of that hand me downs or keeping a tradition alive or or they were the ones starting it right basically. and there's just also that many more people like yeah. population I think doubled and so the that you could go to the grocery store and get yourself a full on set was was really it became a thing and it also boosted sales so it was this really interesting inexpensive way for for people to collect matching china on middle class lower middle class income that is so fascinating that it it boosted sales that they made more money by putting an actual mm-hmm. cup and saucer or a saucer by itself or a plate by itself right? in another product like they're like i've got a great idea let's kiln you know some amazing flat or no pot or you know just like plates and dishes and all this stuff and we're going to put it kind of like you know just discovering i, I it just it kind of boggles my mind that that was marketing it absolutely was. And again, it worked. And the, the sales of things skyrocketed. And it was like fancy enough that people wanted to show it, yeah. but it was not expensive China. Uh, and so that was sort of this interesting But it gave those families a, what, what is that, you know, what the quote unquote rich upper class were already doing. Like they had their yes. flatware, they had their silver and they had their plates. And yet this family, when you went to visit them, had a collection. Yeah. Well, and it became an opportunity to, to sort of build your hope chest out for your daughters and your uh, granddaughters, right? Hope so, chest. Oh my gosh. I totally, yes, yes. So you get to start this, like it, it became a time in the world where the ability to start this legacy, this lineage, which is something that is so attached to, to dishware in China. Yeah. You could do it in a mass marketed way. You could do it in while you were doing this thing that you needed to do anyway. You needed to buy a laundry detergent. Yeah. The fact that you could also get a, a set of dishes with it was <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But that's, then you had you to know, buy you were in for twenty purchases. Right. You know? So like you were became a longtime customer. Yes, you became a devoted person to that brand. Right. Because, you know, heaven forbid, oh my God, I need that gravy train, you know, <laughs> 
Gravy boat. Or gravy gravy boat. Okay. Gravy terrine. Whatever you want to call it. Thanks, yeah. uh, green tequila fizz. I'm a little slurring <laughs> my words. But the fact that, like, you know, you are driven to make sure you follow a certain soap just to get that last dish. Yeah. And it's really interesting, you know, when we do a little research on it, the cup that I have, or the the, the pieces that I have, um, didn't show up exactly. But there are a couple of pieces, like there's a, a golden wheat um, set, or and there is a... A set, um, <laughs> there's a golden wheat set, there is, there are some Liberty Blue collections, there are some, think, like, you know, we're going to have, this is going to be another episode yeah. where we are going to have to talk about this type of dishware that came with. Or in a grocery other market, things. like other and things. And so there, yeah. are, there are ubiquitous pieces, like pieces that that blanketed the U.S. Um, yeah. And so it's really interesting to to think about the sort of those similarities that people had in their houses as well. Um, and this came to me, uh, and this actually goes back to the beginning of our the. So oh, okay. gonna pause you there. Yes. That's the history. So okay. That's let's set that okay. one aside. So that's the first one. That's the, the first one. 1950s mass-marketed trellis-like pattern. Okay. And now I am going to describe the second one. Okay. And um, I am going to give myself 30 seconds Uh because if I don't, then I will just keep talking about it. (laughs) Um, So in three, two, one. Okay. So I am holding a saucer of a cup and saucer set. Um, gold rims, double gold rims on the outside, as well as a wonderful, almost like wheat and green ivy pattern that is another ring around the uh, outside, followed along with, you know, all they can think is almost like a little chain uh, that you see with keychains. And then another gold rim just where the saucer goes. And it's a nice, lovely ivory. And it is from France. And a depose, and I'm already at 35 seconds, so I'm going to stop. So, so this, uh, and folks, again, you can see this pattern on our website, mydishdish.com. And uh, again, I'm going to let Mackenzie talk to you the history. And what's fascinating, we're going to get into the story. Yes. And so, um, so Mackenzie, what what is the history of this French depose? Uh, how do you say it? Garenfeldt. Um, <laughs> yes, um, it's actually G. Ehrenfeld. Oh, I was way off. No, well, it's, it, it's the G and then the A. The G did space yeah. well, so G. So, Ehrenfeld. G. So. Ehrenfeld. So the Ehrenfeld family were pretty ubiquitous China importers from about the early 1900s. I'm sorry, probably the late 1800s. Um, Charles Ehrenfeld was the, the father who started the company, all of his stuff was Limoges. Uh, he was German, but the Limoges just came out of France. And so the piece that we have, because it says G. Ehrenfeld, we think it's the we think G was the son. Mm. So it's a later piece, right. um, something that probably came out of the 30s or 40s. And we did find it on our fabulousreplacements.com. Go replacements.com. Uh, the this piece 
has an, one of those unfortunate names. It's called AHR230. It kind of sounds like... Like a, a futuristic robot. Yeah, it's like a futuristic <laughs> robot or some sort of a co- co- you know, an operative mission. Um, so we will rename this before yes. the, the night is over. And it is part of a set. Um, it looks like a pretty plain set or pretty standard set with d- dinner plates and salad plates, fruit bowls and sugar bowls. However. However, as we move further down, and this is what Replacements tells us exists, there are three amazing things that are made with this china. One is a bamboo-handled serving plate. So I guess it's a flat piece with the china on it that literally has a bamboo handle, which may speak to this piece being something in the 40s and 50s because How the bamboo heavy stuff. Oriental? I mean, was it uh, influenced? South Pacific. South Pacific. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. People were, like all of the Trader Vic stuff was in the oh, 50s. Oh, yes. That, I mean, this is me making a, a speculative. Great assumptions. But, I love it. And then there's also a two tiered serving tray. And a three-tiered serving tray. This is amazing. So, <laughs> folks, challenge. This is a China challenge. China challenge. I just made this up. China challenge. So, if you have this, you need to take <laughs> a picture and you need to send it to us. Please or do. if you don't know what to do with it, just send us the whole set. <laughs> Mackenzie actually is looking for this. So, love it. Um, so, this is a China challenge. China if you challenge. have this set... We need to see pictures. Yes. I want to see the whole what you got laid out it, with food on it, no food, whatever you want to <laughs> do. This know. is the China Challenge of episode four. <laughs> and if you have the AHR 230 of uh, G. Ehrenfeld. Ehrenfeld. Uh, and that's what's printed on the back. It's On the back, there's a print, uh, um, two stamps, one that says French Deposé, which I imagine is what comes out of the factory when they make it. Right. And then below that, in also in green, but a lighter green, it says G. Ehrenfeld Limoges patented, which I imagine is what gets stamped on it when it gets imported. And so, folks, if you have this pattern, we want to hear from you. We do. We'd love to. We would love to hear yes. from you. And let me know, let us know how, when you use it, how much you use it, what you, what type of food you serve on it. What you put on those three-tiered and two-tiered I want to, do you put little nice candies or do you put like, oh gosh, I can only imagine the cookies and cakes that you put on it. That's, <laughs> oh, now I need dessert. Anyways. All right. So. <laughs> before bef- we move away from this. Before we move away from this, we are going to gravitate. So McKenzie. It needs a name. Oh, it does need a name. Oh, my folks, ladies and gentlemen, this is quite the China challenge as well. You know, we have to take AHR 230 and Golden Urn is my suggestion. Oh, oh, you know what? I completely missed that on that. I talked about green ivy and almost like wheat floral patterns. Oh, I like the wheat. You know, what about wheat urn or urn wheat? That feels like that a, sounds so weird. A slogan: Golden wheat is one was one of the most um, one of the most popular grocery store patterns. Really? Yeah, golden wheat. That is weird. <laughs> that's not what we're gonna call this. No. Um, oh man! Something about the black. That's kind of neat. That feels you like interesting. The black ring. I feel like a lot yeah. of China doesn't have that. No, you're right. I mean, it's a beautiful Mid- dish. Midnight uh, wheat. Ooh. <laughs> We have a winner. Midnight wheat. Midnight wheat. Midnight wheat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so we. So henceforth, from February 6, 2019, 
My dish dish declares that AHR 230 is now named Midnight, Midnight Wheat. Midnight Wheat. Midnight Wheat. Ba, ba, da, da, with urns. All right, so folks, okay. we just had we just had two amazing dishes be introduced to us. And describe, yeah. And now Mackenzie is going to tell us why she has these two at the these? same time. Yes. So the interesting thing is when we say that I have two pieces, I literally have two pieces. Like, like there's not, uno, dos. Yeah. That is it. With the grocery store china, with the trellis china, there, it was, I probably was sent four sets of cups and saucers and they, two of them have broken. But with the midnight wheat stuff, I just have the one tea saucer. There was nothing else with it. And so this stuff came to me. Six or seven years ago, my uncle sent it to me. And so my, this is my mom's brother. And where is your uncle? My uncle was, lived in the Poconos, in, mm. uh, um, but has been, he Upstate died probably three years ago. East like or uh, east Northeast Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So uh, just about as close to New York as you are to, to Philly. And he was, so when my mother and her siblings were in their late 20s, their, their mom died relatively quickly. Wow. And she was from a family with some means, but she married my grandfather who was more bohemian in his looking, his sort of view on life and they never made any money. So they like, they lived in this um, small house with their four kids and bought it and then just like, just lived there. That was, that was sort of their story. And so, you know, when I, when, when she died, First of all, I don't know if there was stuff passed on because right. when she died, I think everyone just sort of shut it down. They were like, people were really upset and really sad. And so my uncle got his hands on a few pieces. And the fact that he only had a few pieces speaks to the sort of the disconnected nature of the experience. And so I, now that I'm thinking about it, it was right as he got sick, he sent me a box of of cups and saucers and so tea is actually quite a big holds a lot of um holds a powerful and important place in in our family story just in terms of people drinking it and being into it connecting yeah yeah. being there together at the same time yeah there was something this is my mom's younger brother and they he and his wife never had any children and we he and i were were close for my most of my adult life and so it wasn't out of the blue for him to send me this stuff, but yeah. it was definitely, it was something that, it wasn't part of a family narrative. Right. It wasn't like we passed this stuff down right. to each other. Um, it was more, it's definitely more the story of like, people might sometimes end up with things. There are a couple of sort of more bits and bob pieces, a couple of pieces of jewelry, like things like that that my aunt has held on to, but nothing like a full set of china. Like no one right. would have kept up with that. Right. And at the same time, they didn't have a lot of money. They were this they were a, a working class middle class more like lower middle class family with four kids, and so the money didn't go super far. And so when he sent me the both pieces, one being this grocery store china, it told this. It told one story of my grandmother and her sort of pragmatic nature, but also her aspiration for nice things. Not even aspiration. Her her need to 
create beauty in simplicity and in like uh, sort of the everyday. Yes. And so uh, these are really pretty little dishes. Um, and I, like I said, I'm sure they came from the grocery store. Um, and then at the same time, and what's been interesting is over the last five years, they have, they, they're not particularly sturdy and I, I use them a good bit. Um, and so it feels like when one breaks, it's like you're moving through another, I don't know, another layer of a story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's not like when it breaks, you get upset. It's like right. when it it's breaks. It's like, oh, well, it's, it, you know, it was a good cup. It was a good cup. Exactly. Or it was a good plate. <laughs> it was a good cup. It, it held was a good plate. Things. It did. It totally held things. And the cracks that grow mm-hmm. on here are really interesting. Um, and even looking, you know, using this as an impetus to look back on that whole generation of people who who bought this or who bought the the products that also came with the china it's it's an interesting story it's an interesting thing to be a part of it feels very much like americana at the same time comma because and the the midnight wheat piece right because these came together the story started to stitch itself together um, at the same time, and I don't actually know the, the real origin of these things. I'm, I'm sort of making them up. But because these came together, because of the story I sort of know about my grandmother and that she came from money and but didn't live her adult life with, with money, I sort of feel like this one piece... And my, my uncle said something to the, to the tune of, like, this Midnight Wheat stuff was her favorite china... And yet there's just one small dish, which sort of is the narrative that my mom and her siblings, like that whole generation, talk about with, with my grandmother, like this woman who who deserved more than she got right. in terms of the material things, like who, who worked really hard and should have had more comforts. Um, again, narratives are 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 what they are. Right. right. I think she also loved my grandfather and had a wonder, like they, they liked being bohemian. And so there's, right. there's these two, these two things to balance out. Um, but when I got this piece and sort of now as, as you and I continue to talk about this stuff, one of the things that I, I envision is finding full sets of, of this midnight wheat. Um, I'm not sure if it's like a full dinner set or just a full tea set or, or what, but for my, I have four female cousins, um, and passing them on to my sister and my uh, my three cousins, as sort of like this is what because my grandmother died, no none of us knew her, and mm. so it was sort of be like here's this was her favorite china, and yes. here's a set for you, even if it's a teapot and four dishes, like for you know here's a set for you to give to to sort of start a. I don't want to say a, a tradition, but it's a continued tradition in a way that it has been a part of your life and your family's life a lot longer yeah. than just you. And it's a little piece of it, right? And this woman who none of us knew was was really highly loved and highly respected. And, and so to have something that has been deemed her favorite thing is cool. And to be sort of the steward of that for for my female cousins and sister um, that feels like it could be a really interesting thing. That is fascinating. So like the idea of, um, you know, are, are you thinking about uh, a whole, a whole set or just pieces that you find and then give gradually or. 
I would want to put full sets together, and I would want the stuff to be as um, similar as possible. So, and by full sets, I don't mean a twelve <coughs> seat piece. Like if I find if I could find five full tea sets, that would yeah. be cool. Or if I could find four dinner sets for a quorum, I guess of, a quorum of a dinner quorum sets. Of dinner yes. sets, yes. Um, or now that we know that there's three-tiered serving trays. Maybe it's just Ladies that. and gentlemen, China <laughs> Challenge, if you've got that three-tiered tr- d- tray of midnight wheat. Midnight wheat, A-H-R-2-3. We want to see it, and if you're going to get rid of us, <laughs> let us know. So it, I think it would be one, it'll be one of those experiences where it's twofold, right? And this sort of gets into the, the curse of China. So I don't want to give, I don't want to put together five sets of 150 pieces. Right. And people, they don't want it. So, right. Right? I don't want to give so them, it's... like, a dozen flat plates that they don't ever use. So I feel like it does have to be the, the cuter, more quirky pieces. Well, and that's that. a good thing. Like, you know, an, another thing of why this, why we feel this podcast exists now is that we want people to embrace their dishes. And, yeah. and even though, yes, I get it. You can go to Ikea, Crate and Barrel, uh, West Elm. They've got stuff. Awesome. New. Great. But. Cheap. Great. Well, cheap. <laughs> kind of. But the, the history of some of these dishes and what it's been through, mm-hmm. where it's been, who's handled it. Yeah. And the, the homes and the conversations and the families that it's been with. That's what I want, you know, our listeners, that's what I want you to, to, to embrace. Like, if you don't do this, think about it. You know, that maybe it's missing from your life. I'm not saying you need it, but what Mackenzie and I are talking about is a connection to the past, but also to the future. Yeah, I do envision my these women having a tea party with their daughters. Yes. With the China that was Well, was, even was all of you together. Favorite. Or all of us together. You know, it's a reason to like, let's get it out. Yeah. You know, it's it's saying hello to an old friend. Ooh. It's, it's, but it's also creating new memories and conversations, which mm-hmm. is something that drives me. Like, you know, one of our friends does a thing called civic dinners. And it's that whole idea of con- uh, having a conversation around food. And I think it makes it even more special is when you see a plate that you know is not just from Ikea, Mm -hmm. that they took the time and you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to have to hand wash this thing. (laughs) Put my stuff in the dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are you (laughs) going to do? To each their own. To each their own. Yeah. And the the other interesting thing is I, right now, I think I'm the only keeper of this stuff. I don't think anybody else knows it exists. Um, Because no one else would have taken it out of the house. Gotcha. They're like... It was gifted to me by the one person who would have, who would have salvaged it. Gotcha. Like, and my, like I said, my aunt has some things, but it's not, it's more trinkety. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll, as we continue this podcast, I will update you guys on yes, how Mackenzie's that, how it goes. quest for midnight my wheat. My quest for midnight wheat, enough midnight wheat to bequeath my, the, the McLaren the, and Wood Yes, crew. the lovely ladies. Yes, the lovely ladies. Uh, yeah, so that's the that's the story of my two pieces. And I love that even with 
fractions of a set, they, there's still a story there. And that also ties back to what Will was saying about going into your cupboards and wiping off your stuff or going into your attic and finding... Bringing stuff your out. wedding china, your grandparents' stuff, things that, that don't... Make it into your day-to-day. Yeah, and that may not be a full set or may not be what you thought it should be or... Like, it, it's all important. It's all part of your story. And ladies and gentlemen, I think that's where we are going to sign off. Um, again, go to mydishdish.com for our green tequila fizz recipe as well as our tequila tofu tacos. Yes, and a little bit of amateur food photography. Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> gotta love that amateur food photography. Like, thank God for filters, you know? On Fiesta dishes. <laughs> Which, also not, not, we'll, we'll talk about those later. We'll we talk about those later. But... Of the China and also little bit of the history that we talked about. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Will. And I'm Mackenzie. And this has been My Dish Dish. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>